Amen. Bless you. No pressure now. It's already 11.23, so you got seven minutes. Just go for it. All right, you're all set. <laughs> I guess I'll cut out the food illustrations, Neil. Then. All right. Ah, uh, come on. Come on. <clears throat> well, if, you're, if your life is anything like mine, uh, it uh, tends to have seasons and rhythms that follow the school calendar. And as we start a new school year, I'm buzzing. My hope this morning is to take the opportunity and ask the question, uh, how do we keep our faith fresh? Uh, how do we position our lives in such a way uh, that the stuff of life doesn't keep us from enjoying the transforming grace of God? You know, when I was in high school many moons ago, the two groups of people uh, I looked up to for motivation, inspiration, and direction were rock bands and sports figures. Um, I remember thinking, what are they really like? You know, do successful people know something that I don't know? What is it like to be famous and to be successful? Well, the year was uh, 1986. I was a freshman in high school, and I can remember uh, a contest that Philadelphia's rock station, 93.3 WMMR, was putting on. The grand prize was to have a rock band uh, called the Hooters uh, play a concert in the school's gymnasium during the last two periods of the school day. Any rock fans uh, remember the Hooters out there? And we dance. Thank you, honey. All right. <clears throat> um, all you zombies, hide your fate. Guillermo Rivera, where are you? You'd love that song. Um, here were the rules. Students uh, from a participating school would write as many reasons they could think of as to why they liked the band and the radio station. And the school with the most papers written would win. Our class officers mobilized us, and for weeks, we just spent time writing pages and pages of reasons why we liked the band, why we liked the radio station. We transported the boxes of paper, and then we waited to hear the results. Finally, the time came to announce the winners, and we didn't win. But it was found that the school who did win had, put, had mixed reams of blank paper in some of their boxes. They were disqualified, and our school ended up winning the grand prize. So... <laughs> Yes, yes. The big day came and the entire school took off the last two periods of the day to hear the band play. After the concert, the band used the boys' locker room to change and to clean up. It was the spring and I had baseball practice right after school. So, the baseball team also had access. They had permission to use the boys' locker room while the band members were in the boys' locker room. I can remember the chaos outside of the locker room as girls were screaming and yelling, trying to throw things into the windows in the locker room, trying to jam their way into the boys' locker room. Might have been the only time ever that has happened. And it was just pandemonium. It was just amazing. And I can remember entering the locker room and thinking, my life has been pretty stale up until now. I mean, I was a lowly freshman. <clears throat> my wife's the first person I ever dated. So, I mean, you can get a picture. I mean, it's just, I, I had no life, you know. <clears throat> There's no reflection on her, obviously. <laughs> wow. I gotta get back. All right. Back to check. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Anyway, maybe now, maybe now I'll know what it's like to be famous and successful. Maybe I'll learn something that can rub off on me. They'll catapult me into the high school years here with fame. This could be my big chance. My life could be altered forever. And so just then, out of the corner of my eyes, I was coming into the boys' locker room. I see a band member putting on a shirt and staring at himself in the mirror. And then he, he pulls out some scissors, and he starts cutting the hairs that are showing from the neck of his shirt. Okay. And then uh, he starts cutting the hairs. You know, he puts his arm down. He had a uh, A shirt on, and he starts cutting the hairs you know, by his armpit uh, that showed when he lowered his arm. 
And I can remember thinking to myself, these guys are so ordinary. I mean, they're no different than me. They worry about their self-image. You know, they have normal conversations. What's the deal? And, uh, you know, this morning I'd like to take a look at a few passages that talk about a famous man named Jesus. Now, could there be something different about him, or is he just like everybody else? And in your uh, pew Bibles, uh, it's on page 871. We're going to look at Luke 5, 1 through 11. And um, it's a passage called The First Disciples. Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. So the rock star was in town. Crowds of people around him. They couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say about life and God. He saw, Jesus saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them there and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all those who were for he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you'll be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Wow, here's this rock star, famous guy. He wants us to follow him. So Simon Peter and a bunch of his buddies end up dropping everything. They follow him. They left the biggest catch of fish probably they had ever had in their life, and they were fishermen. But let's think about this for a little bit. I mean, what if the rock band, the Hooters, came up to me in the boys' locker room after the concert and said, Eric, we want you to come on tour with us, learn from us, and experience the life of a famous rock band member. Come on, leave everything, let's go. Uh, As an aside, something you may not know about me, I ended up going to college for a degree in music. I really like music. But even as much as I like music and idolized rock bands, I don't think I would have left everything and followed them. Would you? Is there something maybe we're missing from this story? I mean, after all, it was a large catch of fish. I mean, why, why would you leave everything and follow Jesus? I was able to take a quick behind-the-scenes look at this rock band. Is there a, maybe a way we could take a quick behind-the-scenes look at, at Jesus' life? You know, if you want to get a great behind-the-scenes look at Jesus' life, you've got to go to the Gospel of John. John was one of Jesus' closest friends, and he gives us some great eyewitnessing pictures of Jesus' public and private life. The early church fathers depicted John as an eagle because the eagle is the only bird that can fly directly into the light of the sun. So let's, let's take a fresh look at Jesus. Um, we're going to take a look at a passage in John now. But I just want to set it up by saying it's on page 900 in the Pew Bible. John tells us of a man named John the Baptist who was sent by God to prepare the people for Jesus' arrival. And I'm going to use J.B., not Justin Bieber, teenagers. I'm going to use J.B. to refer to John the Baptist because I don't want any of us to get him confused with the author, John. So J.B., John the Baptist, not the author of the Gospel of John. So John 1, verse 29 through 40. All right. The next day, J.B. saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After after me comes a man who surpassed me. He existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. 
he testified. I watched the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending and rest on, resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. Again, the next day, J.B. was standing with two of his disciples. When he sees Jesus passing by, he says, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. So they were following. They were disciples of J.B. And then, there's the guy I'm telling you about. He's the one I told you I'm prepared for. And they go and they turn and they follow Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following, he asked, What are you looking for? In the NIV, it says, uh, What do you want? And that's such a great question, because, you know, what are they really looking for? What do they want? Well, they want to know, as these guys are following J.B., they want to know, is he the guy? Is Jesus the guy that J.B. told us about? Is he really the one, the one that God promised hundreds of years before this was going to come and is going to save his people? So what do you mean, what do you want? We want to know, are you really the guy? And here's the question from Jesus. So here's the question. What do you want? What are you looking for? And their answer is, right next, it says, they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Uh, and I, I look at that and I think, what were they thinking? Um, I can think of a couple things maybe going on here, okay? So maybe they're so scared and nervous that uh, they kind of choke, they get tense, you know, and they, they couldn't think of anything else to say. And say, well, where are you staying? Uh, or secondly, maybe perhaps they're a lot like me and maybe a lot like you. Uh, they're a bit skeptical. You know, let's hang out with this guy a little bit before we rush in too quick. You know, you can learn a lot about someone by... You know, hanging out with them and getting to know their private life. What kind of home does he live in? Does he smell? What does he eat? Is he organized? Does he live by himself or with others? What kind of things does he talk about when he's not around crowds of people? You can learn a lot about someone when you see their private and public life. But wait a second. Oops, this is Jesus. He's famous. Crowds of people around him. There's no way he's going to have time for us. But what does Jesus say? First, you need to say this prayer, agree to act this way, and you have to take a shower and put on these clothes and because you might hurt my image. No, he says, come and you'll see, right? So they went and saw where he was staying and stayed that day with him. It was about, the, it was about 10 in the morning. What a great picture of Jesus. Just come on, let's hang out. Let's spend the day together. Um, another quick aside, and this is such a great example of why this is an eyewitness account. Because classical antiquity, books of classical antiquity, never use detail. You never read Oedipus went up to the Oracle of Delphi at 10 o'clock. I mean, John puts the detail in there. He was there. He was there. He shows us the detail. Jesus wanted to hang out with us. It was about 10 in the morning. I got to hang out with him all day. Then what happens? Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard J.B. and followed him. The first thing he does is he gets his own brother, Simon. Remember Simon, the catch of fish? And he told him, we found the Messiah. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, you are Simon, son of John. You'll be called Cephas, which means rock or Peter. I remember reading this passage and just light bulbs started going off. This is the first time that Simon Peter meets Jesus. Then when Jesus asked Simon Peter six to nine months later, hey, drop everything, let's go, follow me. Simon Peter's ready. He's like, oh yeah, let's do it. I've been hanging around you. I've been hanging around your private life. I've been around you in your public life. Let's go for it. You know, it's a school year. It's a new school year, and it's an opportunity to take a fresh look at Jesus. Where are you with Jesus? Where am I with Jesus? Are we... Searching to find out more information about him? Have you found out enough information and ready to say, I'm in. From now on, I'm following you. Or have you already decided, as Simon Peter says later on in John, 
Jesus, where else are we going to go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Some of us have uh, left some things behind and been following Jesus for a while. But fresh, vibrant, fruitful, new. These might be some of the last words that we, we, use, uh, we would use to describe our, our current experience with Jesus. We've been in this for years, and we're, we're kind of wondering where the joy is. And I don't want to give you any guilt. I don't want to give you things to do, per se. But uh, I do believe that keeping our faith fresh means, uh, for the long haul, means continually turning our hearts and looking at the right person. And uh, what do I mean? Well, I was just thinking of Neil's article. Um, if you don't get it, you need to put your email address on those comment cards, because how great is it that our pastor just continues to point us to Christ? He shares that uh, Friday morning little snippet there on John, uh, Luke uh, 9.23. You know, Jesus says, anyone who come after me must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. It's just putting us right in, in uh, picturing Christ. Galatians 3, Paul says, Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Well, the Galatians weren't there when Jesus was crucified. So why does he say... Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed to you as crucified. That's, that's how Paul shared with them about Christ, about spiritual growth. You've got to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, on the crucifixion. Um, later on in Simon Peter's life, after Jesus was crucified and risen from the dead, so this is years later, Jesus is, has ascended back into heaven. Peter is a key leader in the church. Simon Peter lost his focus and looked away from the right person. His life with Christ was not fresh but stale. Uh, Paul came along and said, Listen, you're not walking in line with the truth of the gospel. And uh, you can read about it in Galatians. It's a great story of what matters to God and what's worth fighting for. Um, and I just want to share it real quick because I think uh, it's, a great, uh, it's, a, it's a great encouragement for us who've been uh, kind of following with Christ for a few years. Because here's Peter. You know, Paul, Paul comes to Antioch where Peter is, and he says, I opposed him to his, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he's clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. But then he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it that you... How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we might not be observed, we might, might not be justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. For through the law I died the law, so that I might live for God. And this great, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Grace, right? So why doesn't Paul just simply say, hey, Peter, racism is wrong. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. Paul's analysis of racism is extremely significant and unique. And seasoned Christians, just stick with me here for a second, okay? Paul doesn't say that racism is a sin, which it is. He uses the gospel to reveal the spiritual roots of racism. Racism arises because our hearts still oppose grace and seek to feel superior to others, to feel cleaner than others. Practically, we see how Paul's opposition to Peter was so winsome because Paul did not simply say, repent of the sin of racism, but repent of the sin of forgetting your gracious welcome. Repent of the sin of forgetting the cross. God did not have fellowship with him on the basis... He doesn't have fellowship with us on the, ra- on the basis of our race and our culture. Peter, you've forgotten Christ's love for you. It's a fight to keep, fre- to keep fresh and focus on the right person, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what's the reward? It's fruit. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So here's what I want to do to end, is just this thought of uh, seeking and finding. Um, in Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I remember meditating over that verse for a little bit and just saying, why doesn't he say, you'll see, uh, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Or, hey, uh, you'll find me you know, if you uh, seek me and then you'll find me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm messing up there. <laughs> but he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And uh, I think some of us love to seek. And maybe we know people that are like this. Uh, they love to be spiritual seekers. And we're seeking, 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 but maybe we're afraid to find. And uh, some of us maybe we love to find, but we kind of lost a little bit of the seeking. You know, we say, you know, I got my box. I know what God's like. <laughs> maybe you know people like this. There's no mystery left. I know, I fully know and understand the infinite God of the universe. And, uh, you know, God wants to be found. God wants us to seek. God, God has no problem with both of these words being united with one another and dependent on one another. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This morning, the application is this. Um, I want to just leave you with questions in hopes that uh, you will enjoy what Paul says is the only thing that counts, a fresh new creation, as you seek and find God with all your heart. Uh, so here's just some questions to end. I, I'm not going to tie it up in a nice bow and give you a you know, quick application. I just want just a few questions to end in hopes that it, it encourages us to seek and to find because um, God wants to be found, but he wants us to keep seeking too. How is God able to create something out of nothing with just a word, but it took him until the time had fully come for him to forgive us through the blood of Christ? Why did God allow this suffering in my life? Why does Jesus ask so many questions? How can I remember the poor and help bring justice to the oppressed today? How can God love me and at the same time be full of justice, knowing some of the hurtful, rebellious, and evil things that I have said and done? Why aren't more people drawn to the power of God's transforming grace? Why does my soul, what does my soul need in order to quench its thirst? What do I need to confess today? Who is Jesus? What does following Jesus look like today? Thank you. As the ushers come, would you stand, please? We sing.